Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for staying. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas today. You guys are going to love hearing about Kick It Pajamas. Like, what a cool name. Uh, their co-founder and chief innovation officers on Cindy Trice is here. Cindy, so great to have you on the podcast. Justin, thanks for having me. I'm so excited you're here. You've got an incredible story. Um, and it's always really cool to hear like a brand that has a, a great story behind it. And um, and I would say it's great, like positive, but what you've done with your story has been just amazing. So um, I can't wait to unpack that for our audience. But how about we do this? Share a little bit about you and your background and how you got into the entrepreneur entrepreneurship space. I know you're a multi-company entrepreneur and you can share a little bit about that. Okay, great. Well, I didn't, I never really set out to be an entrepreneur. I, I sometimes feel like entrepreneurs can fall into two categories. They can, they can be people who know they want to be an entrepreneur. So they're looking around and they're looking for a problem to solve, to build a solution for. And then there are people who have a problem <laughs> and <laughs> um, look for a solution and can't find it. And then say, okay, well, if I can't find it, then I'm going to make it. So I fall into that category, actually, with both both businesses. Um, so yeah, I'm actually a small animal veterinarian. Uh, that's my training. And um, so one of my businesses is veterinary related, but I'm also a cancer survivor, which is where Kick It Pajamas comes from. Wow. So the backstory for Kick It, do you want me to tell the backstory? Yeah, please. Kick it go for it. Yeah, let's how do it. I got there. Okay. Yeah. So basically, it's kind of all tied together for me because I graduated from veterinary school in 2004 and I went into an internship program. And only a few months in, I was diagnosed with advanced cervical cancer. Wow. So I had to drop out and I was treated with chemo radiation and I had lots of hospitalizations because at the time to do my chemo, they would put me in the hospital. And uh, my favorite gift that I got was a pair of pajamas. And it was game changing for me while I was in the hospital because I felt dressed. <laughs> right. I was I was 35 years old. I was not married, but I had a boyfriend and my boyfriend would come. He's now my husband, but he would come to the hospital and he would visit me. And I mean, I, I had cancer. I was sick. Um, I didn't feel good, but I still, it still mattered to me that I would look cute for my boyfriend. Right. Sure. Of course. <laughs> and um, so these pajamas made a difference for me, both in how I felt when I had visitors um, and how I felt when I would be trying to get a little bit of exercise and, you know, pushing my little IV pole around the nurse's station. <laughs> I just felt covered up. And I thought to myself, well, so, well, the pajamas did not have the correct functionality for the medical staff. Because, and then I thought to myself, oh, that's why they have snaps on the sleeves on a hospital <laughs> gown. Right. Because you're hooked, like I was 24 seven hooked up to an IV pole. Right. And you can't undress in, unless you have, you know, you can deconstruct the top at the shoulder. Sure. And so, so, um, and my pajamas did not have that functionality. So, but the nursing staff was super sweet and they, you know, would, 
kind of work around what I had on. Um, and I thought, well, duh, why don't they just make cute PJs with snaps on the, the shoulders? Right. Um, so that was where the idea originated. That's really cool. Um, so now you offer all kinds of things, hospital pajamas, hospital gowns, home recovery pajamas and whatnot. What was the first thing? And did you, did you know it was going to be a business where you're like, I don't know if this is going to be something I'm going to experiment with and figure it out. Like what did the early days look like? Well, I think this is, this is kind of how entrepreneurship evolves. Like this is a long, this was a long time between when the idea popped in my head, which was 2004. And when we launched Kick It Pajamas, which was December of 2020. And the reason for that spread of time was multi-factorial, but basically I'm a veterinarian. Right. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) anything about clothing, how you manufacture it. And in fact, I'm not particularly stylish. If you asked all my friends, they would definitely consider me their least stylish friend. So I didn't know anything about fashion. (laughs) Um, And, but I knew this was a problem and I, I wanted to solve it. So the thing that I do have going for me as an entrepreneur is I'm not afraid to look dumb (laughs) or look like I don't know something. Right. So I just went to a fashion school in Tampa and I just started um, I looked, you know, I looked online, I started emailing some of their instructors and asked if I could just go talk to them. And so, you know, through that process, I ended up meeting these two women who helped me design a prototype and, you know, and I'm bootstrapping all of this and, and just kind of playing around with the idea all the while I'm, you know, I'm recovered from cancer now. Like there was a a kind of couple of year span between the idea and when I started doing all this, but I'm trying to work as a veterinarian. I'm trying to, you know, have my career and do this kind of on the side. And I, I came up with a couple of prototypes. I came up with branding that I, I liked and wanted. I, you know, I spent some money on things like that, but I couldn't quite figure out the manufacturing. I felt overwhelmed by how do I really get it to the next level? Sure. So I spent multiple years trying to figure this out myself. I threw it in the closet. And um, a good friend of mine, who's uh, our CEO and, and co-founder, she, I've known her since the fourth grade. So we're, you know, we we're like sisters. She said, hey, Cindy, you know that idea you had for the pajamas? Can we pull that out of the closet? I just met these two women and I think we'd make a great team. So she had met these women who own a clothing company, a children's clothing company called Smockingbird. And so they became our other co-founders and they had the expertise that we needed. Got Beth it. had the, you know, some of the business expertise that we needed. They had the business and the clothing expertise and manufacturing expertise that we needed. And I brought to the table the the patient experience. Sure. Um, and so that's how that's how it, it took that long and how it came, came back out of the closet. Amazing. Um, so, okay. And so you get, you get, you guys join up and whatnot. And so how did you market it? How did you get the word out? So people could buy, was it friends and family first? Was it, you know, how did that early days work? And then how were you today on that? Yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely friends and family at first, you know, we just did, um, well, we, we hired a designer to help us with branding. I had always had the idea that I had wanted to call it kick it pajamas. Sure. Um, and there's meaning behind that, but we basically, we got the branding done and then we just 
started with our own social media channels, our own friends and family, and started getting the word out and really had kind of um, like many bootstrapped entrepreneurs, we just kind of hope something goes crazy viral um, <laughs> right. really fast, which it didn't. <laughs> which it didn't. <laughs> but, oh, great. <laughs> it didn't. But we did. I do remember when we got our first review that right. wasn't from someone we knew. Oh, so we're nice. Like, we're, you know, we would we would read the reviews and then we would call each other because we we have different networks, right? Totally. There's four of us. We have all these different <laughs> networks. So we would call each other. We're like, do you know Patricia P? And they'd be like, yeah, that's my aunt. And they're like, ah. <laughs> you know, do you know Barbara? Oh, that's my cousin. And then finally we get one where nobody knew who they were. Right. And it was our first real review. That's so and, funny. And that moment was spectacular. Because yeah. we're like, that's a true customer. That is someone who who valued our product. We made a difference in their life. And you know, they had, you know, so all that doubt that you have where you're like, oh, my friends and my family have to be nice to me. They have right. to say something nice. <laughs> all that doubt went away. And that was when we knew, no, we're on to something. This matters to people. And and we we will be helping people. No, I love that. I, I had a small business and that, that <laughs> sold on Amazon, like card games and ring cleaners and all this. And I'll never forget where for a in early days, it was like people we knew, you know, the the reviews would show up and like, oh, yeah, we know that person. And then over time, it's like, oh, now we're getting people we don't even know. It's actually kind of funny. Um, for those listening, it's that's magical. all, you know, it's, yeah, magical. it's magical. Exactly. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like nodding their head. Um, so, OK, where are you now? Like, how are you growing the business? And like, what are you at? What have you added on since the early days? So we did start to invest some in, um, you know, paid uh, paid marketing on social channels uh, things like that. We've done a little bit of uh, paid marketing uh, through some uh, cancer-specific publications. We have partnered with uh, different groups. I do have to say, because we are recording this in January, that January is Cervical Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and uh, so we partner with a group called Survivor. Uh, they are patient advocates for cervical cancer. And so we partner with different groups, with different organizations that support cancer patients. And that's part of how we've gotten the word out there. We have participated in walks, you know, some of the, the breast cancer walks. Uh, so having a booth or just, you know, participating. We've donated product to various things to the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Um, so we really try to, to, we have a very grassroots approach, I would say, although we do pay for some marketing. Got it. Makes sense. And then as you guys are growing and adding, to, I'll call it to your product line, how do you figure out what you want to add next? And how do you get feedback on what's working? So we, based on our reviews, and our reviews are over the top. They are, um, so that's how we know what's working. And honestly, how we also knew um, when we needed to fix things. So we did have a little problem where our, the the pants of the pant portion of the pajamas was running a little too big. Um, and we got that feedback. And so we, we were able to fix, fix that problem. But mostly our reviews are, are incredible and they're, um, they are heartfelt. So they're, I think because the product is, is 
an emotional product in a way, because this is, you know, having cancer, a cancer diagnosis is a, a big deal. And our audience is twofold. So our audience are uh, gift givers. And in fact, our, when we very first sort of were breaking down who our customer was, we really said our primary customer is the gift giver. The secondary customer is the patient. Got because it. in our minds, what we thought, and, and this was based on my experience, is that when you're sick, you're not really thinking about these kinds of things. You have right. so many other things to think about that you're not like, oh, I'm going to go get a pair of pajamas, right? That this was much more of a gift thing. But in fact, what we're finding out is that we're like 50-50. There's, you know, half the people that buy from us are gift givers and half the people that buy from us are the patients themselves. And, and the reviews express things like, you know, from the gift giver perspective, thank you so much for giving me something to you know, special to give, you know, cause we, we typically, when someone's sick, you know, we, we tend to think of food or flowers, sure, of course. um, you know, or, or fragrance. And I got all of those things. <laughs> sure. um, flowers are lovely, but they, but they're fleeting, right? right. They don't last. And, That's and, right. and some cancer patients are not allowed to have flowers. Oh, interesting. Uh, I had no idea. D- depending on your yeah, if, if their immune status is too low, they won't actually, the hospital rooms, the hospitals won't let them have flowers in the room. Got it. Um, and then food is tricky. Of course, cancer patients need nourishment, um, but you, you're, you know, your taste buds change, you're, you're nauseous of the things that you can eat. You know, it's, it's varied. So food can be a tricky gift. And then I learned this about fragrance. Um, I got these bath products um, that were awesome. They were lovely. And in any other context, I would have would loved have been them. Great. It right? was <laughs> it was lavender. And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. And I put on this lavender lotion. And then what happened is I still to this day I cannot stand the smell of lavender because I associate <laughs> it with feeling nauseous from chemo. Oh my God. So, you know, I learned that f- fragrance isn't isn't the best thing. So we're giving these gift givers an opportunity to provide um, the gift of comfort. That's and so, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Um, and, and so many things you wouldn't think about, right? I mean, so many people were like, Oh my God, I would never have thought about what you just shared. Um, you mentioned the, some things not working out like the pant size or whatnot, anything else not work or things that really worked well, like in terms of just the, the some of your lessons learned. Yeah. So we, um, we have, we have a, a headband that we made. So keep in mind, we launched in December of 2020, COVID. <laughs> Perfect. Times, right. right? Totally. Um, and we have a headband that has these cute little buttons on the side so that would hold your mask. Um, turns out those don't sell very well. <laughs> right? so, <laughs> Neat like, idea, but it doesn't sell. <laughs> Yeah, live it, live and learn. So, so we had, we certainly had, um, had some. Well, not that many because you know we're still growing our product line and we're really excited with what's coming out next. But so we, we do learn. Um, we sell a, a face mask, which is really cute, like an eye mask, a really sure. comfortable eye mask. But again, that hasn't sold as well as we expected, um, and hasn't sold as well as our other like accessory items, like our socks and our scarves. 
Got it. Well, I mean, that's what you learn, right? You figure out what works and you double down, you figure out what doesn't and you adjust. Um, you know, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that listen and in addition to that feedback. And the other, as you think about growing a business and like some of the challenges with it and some of the things that, you know, others should think about, like you, things that you may not have even thought about because you didn't really get, you know, set out to be an entrepreneur. But what would be some other advice you'd offer to our listeners? I would say don't, I mean, don't be afraid to talk to people. Honestly, there. There is a, there's a sentiment out there, like you've really got to hold your cards, you know, close to your chest. Um, and there, there is some truth to that. You have to be thoughtful about who you're talking to, but I think, you know, it's easy to have an idea. People have ideas all the time, (laughs) but what's (laughs) hard is executing on the idea. And so you may not need to be as careful as you think you need to be. And the what I've found is that sharing and talking to people and listening and really listening to their feedback, you, you stand to gain so much more than that than you risk losing by sure. doing that. I love that. That's actually great advice. And I mean, like, but you've lived it, right? Yeah. And, what I about- and and I will say I've been burned. I no. have, I have, I have talked too much. This was not for Kick It, but for my other company. Um, I, I did get myself into a situation where I was a little bit naive and a little bit loose lipped and, um, and got scooped on some stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, that advice still holds for me, even though I had that experience. Sure. And then you have some business partners you work with, obviously. Um, talk about the value of, of having partners along the, on, the, for, on the ride with you. Well, so my other business, my veterinary business, I bootstrapped, solo founded. Um, and, it, and it was a success. It is a success. I, I ended up exiting um, in July of last year. And I now work for the company that bought it. But that was tough. <laughs> it was really hard and sometimes lonely to be a solo founder. Sure. Um, I I was able to find groups of entrepreneurs to for that kind of support, but it was lonely. It was hard. I absolutely did not have all the expertise that I needed, and I probably could have built better and faster had had I had a co-founder. The, or the right co-founder, because I think if you have the wrong co-founder, which I've not had that experience, but I imagine <laughs> if you have the wrong co-founder, then that could could potentially be disastrous because it is it's it's a very powerful relationship sure. um, being a co-founder on a company. Um, so the team now, uh, the the main benefit besides not being lonely in this roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship is um bringing different skills and different perspectives to the table. Sure. You know, all four of us, we're all women. All four of us have been touched by cancer in our lives in some way. I'm the, the only one that's been a patient, thankfully. Um, but Anna, our one of our co-founders, her uh, she lost both of her parents, I think about four or five months apart. Um, what, and she was their caregiver in her 20s. She was just out of college. So she had to postpone her adult life to take care of two parents who simultaneously had cancer. It's like really sad, sad story. But she brings such great perspective, not only because she's a 
she has design um, experience because she's the designer for Smockingbird, the clothing company, sure. the children's clothing company, but because she brings the caregiver perspective. Got it. And that is so, so valuable. Um, so pulling together co-founders that bring different skills to the table, A, makes it more fun and B, increases your chances of success. Yeah. Uh Totally. Great advice. And you do hear that. I love to, I always love to get advice um, from our guests on like the value of partners and with their co-founders or business partners they picked up over time. So super helpful. Um, Cindy, so great having you on and love your product and the, the kind of the, the, the story behind the product, as I shared earlier. Um, where can our listeners find you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more? Where they buy product, et cetera? Uh, so they can head over to kickitpajamas.com. And uh, check out our, you know, our line. Like I said, we've got some really cool stuff coming out in 2024. We're really the only company that is um, helping to serve the cancer patients, females at this point. We do have uh, plans to expand into children and men's. But in any part of their journey, from hospitalization to recovery to kind of to chronic, you know, chronic conditions, um, so yeah, kickitpajamas.com. And another important thing to know is that uh, Kick It, the reason it's named Kick It is because we want to be part of kicking cancer on the planet, off the planet. And if you look at the our logo, the K is kicking the C. <laughs> and that represents that we want to kick cancer off the planet. We donate a portion of sales to uh, patient support and research organizations. So a, a big part of why we're building this company is so that we can give back to this community. I love that. You beat me to the last question. So, uh, so great, Cindy. <laughs> I always ask that about the names of companies. So great. Um, hey, so great having you with us. Um, it's so fun meeting you and we'd we'll love to have you back on down the road. You can talk about this to your other company and then other I'm sure on the horizon and uh, just really appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional Contender Cast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>